1: Bad weekend for the Tampa Bay Rays. They lose two out of three to the Yankees in New York. They fall back out of first place in the American League East. Jose Alvarado blew a 3-1 lead in the ninth on Friday on a walk-off to lose 4-3, but he came back on Saturday to nail down a 2-1 win in 11 innings. But then on Sunday, a 5-3 lead became a 13-5 embarrassment. The Rays now have lost four of six in the past two weekends to the Yankees. And Brooks Kepka shoots 74 and sees his seven-stroke lead whittled to one, but he still wins the PGA Championship. That's his fourth major in his last eight tries. We've got all that, and we'll get you ready for the Bucks and OTAs today on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you'd like to be one of our sponsors to this podcast, we've got lots of new ways you can do that, and our advertisers are showing a lot of success, and you will too. So now here's what you do. For more information... Just contact us on Twitter at SportsdayTV, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Or my email, email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay dot com. We'd love to have you sponsor part of our podcast. All right, Steve. So I, I felt like that the Rays uh, really let an opportunity slip. You know, people have talked about uh, their great start, and it is a great start. I'm not sure everybody would have seen them, you know, 10 games over 500 or whatever they are at this point in the season, but of course, you know when you when you're playing the Yankees, uh, it's a step up in weight class and, and and it felt to me like they let a series get away from them in New York. I mean, obviously you know on, on Friday night they have the three to one lead in the ninth inning. and you haven't seen uh, Jose Alvarado you know blow many of these these kind of saves, um, but he certainly did. and I guess that will happen, but they lose four to three, uh, which was which was tough. you know it's it's the kind of loss that can stay with you. And it can beat you the next day, too. So I credit the Rays for coming back on Saturday. You know, Blake Snell didn't have his best stuff. He worked out of some jams. They got some big defensive plays. Austin Meadows throwing a guy out of the plate and such. Um, and they managed to, uh, uh, to win 2-1. Um, you know, again, Meadows with a big home run in that one. And they win that game in 11 innings. And Alvarado redeems himself. He goes back out there. Uh, there's some talk about him, reading the, the famous, of course, Michael Jordan quote about all the last-second shots he missed and games he lost and that sort of thing. Um, so it was big, for I think, for Alvarado to get out of that. Ends the game with a double play. So now you've got an opportunity to win a series in Yankee Stadium. I think the venue is important, too, um, because the Rays have had some success against the Yankees going back you know the last few years at the Trop. But um, I know they lost the series here this year already, but still winning up there in Yankee Stadium is is hard to do. And here they were in a game that they had control of on several occasions. You know, I, I thought that uh, you know, at, at one point when they were up five to three, you get three home runs, including one from Kevin Kiermaier and Willie Adamas, which aren't exactly uh, two hot bats for them in the lineup right now. And yeah, Can we, we even count sudden, that Willie Adamas home run, though? Well, I mean I guess you do. It was a little bit of a it was almost like a Boston pesky pole, you know. Yeah it's three fourteen down the right field line, you know, that little porch in Yankee Stadium and I think he hit it three fifteen, if you want to know the truth.
0: Yeah. But it counts. I mean it's Yankee Stadium and Clint Frazier yeah. didn't play it very well. I mean Aaron Judge probably catches that ball, but
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, because he's seven foot tall and Well, you know, but Frazier she'll... took a horrible route to the ball. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did he took the <laughs> that route. Yeah. That wasn't, yeah, he kind of followed it into the stands, which is not exactly what you should do. But um, you're supposed to get in front of it, not not trail the ball. But anyway, yeah, I mean, still, they get the home run, and they're up 5-3. to three, And then, you know, I mean, Charlie Morton, he was not in command of, uh, of a lot of his pitches. He, he, again, a lot of base runners, I think four or five walks, whatever he had. And uh, and yet he's got two outs, and he looks like he's going to get out of the inning with a 5-3 to three lead. And then, boom, uh, Yandy Diaz kicks one, or really kind of Matadors No, late it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Toro Toro. Like, get the red cape out. I don't want to get. And here's a guy with a, I'm guessing a, you know, like a 42 inch chest. I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, the guy's yoked be up. bigger than that. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, he's you know, he's 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 massive. So if he if he if he moves his feet, and of course you play defense with your feet, no matter what sport you're talking about. But if he gets over there, um, the ball might take a hop and hit him hit him one of the pecs, and then. He's got to pick it up and throw him out, but instead, plays it into a. In, did they get that a hit? By the way, that was an error, right? All the way. I can't remember if they scored it a hit or not, but I believe it. No, it was an error. They did give him an error yeah. on that, and rightfully so. And uh, and then boom, you know, here comes the big game tying home run, uh, and that's just a killer, man. Yeah, it and, should have been and, and out and of the, the inning. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you got so Morton's back on the bench. He's not throwing more pitches um he finally has you know a shutdown inning which he had not had really uh to that point and you know and you always want that shutdown inning after you take the lead which they had and so it just changes the whole complexion of the game and then the the sixth inning might be might be for what it meant uh steve the worst inning they've had this year i think without
0: a doubt it is i mean first of
1: all they walked five batters in the inning which They've done, I think, record. 14
0: times in the club <laughs> record, but it's been 10 years since they did it last.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: Oh, two of them with the bases loaded. Let's not forget that. Uh, absolutely. Um, and and giving away outs.
1: Oh, um, yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, G-Man Choi drops a, po- a pop-up in foul territory. Uh, Willie Adamas Willie, with w- a bad throw. Yep, Willie Adamas with a bad throw that he took his time on for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the runner beat it. And, and Choi had trouble... Holding on to it because it was a bad
1: throw, too. I mean, you took your time Castillo, and a bad throw. Castillo, uh, Diego Castillo misses yep. a ground ball yep. that he should have caught, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then they allowed four hits, and three of them, of course, uh, knocked in runs, all with two out, by the way. So, I mean, this, this, this inning was, was eternal, and it was disastrous, and it, you know, ended the, ended the ball game. we um, went and, from 5-5 and, to 12-5. Yeah. I mean, just no excuse for seven runs, five walks. Um, two of the bases loaded, four hits allowed, like I said, three of them with with, uh, with two out, Castillo, the ground ball, Adamas, Joe, uh G-Man Choi, all of that happens in one inning. That's a season worth of mistakes. It, it's just not the way they can play. And and look, so, okay, so I <laughs> – we're going to have Tom Jones on later this week for those of you who love Tom Jones, and apparently there are legions of you still out there that do <laughs> – even though, all I gotta say is, folks, it was a great, it was a great five years of radio show. I can show you the ratings, man. We did really well. But me and Tom kind of went back and forth a little bit. First on on a text, he texted me, and then and then later on Twitter. But I said, I said, you know what? I'm ready for them to option Willie Adamas if he has any options. You said he does. Yeah, so, he does. Look, all I know, he goes, "Wow, he's only got four errors," and that's true. It seems like a lot more than four because all I know is. And this this is absolutely true. When the ball is hit to Willie Adamas, tell me that any Rays uh, uh, person that watches the game or a fan, and I'm not a fan. I'm just I'm just a guy that played the game a long time, watched a lot of baseball, and I'm a writer, and I've covered the Rays before. So I'm not. I don't care. It does, there's no personal investment here, but I'm telling you, there is something there is something very scary about a major league shortstop that when the routine play is there to be made. You don't know if he's going to make it. And I mean, most, and I'd say, I don't know, 85, 90% of it is his throws. He's just not throwing the baseball to first base right.
0: Well, and not only that, and and look, the Rays are built on pitching and defense, but particularly defense up the middle. Because if you look at first base, you're playing G-Man Choi, Yandi Diaz, occasionally Brendan Lau and Nate Lowe when he gets called up. None of those guys are spectacular at first base. You don't have someone that can, you know, eat up every bad throw there. You need to be making good throws to first base, particularly on the routine plays. You can't be yes. bouncing them in there every time.
1: Casey Kochman is not showing up for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Carlos Pena ain't there. There you go. You know,
0: you've know you got to make those routine plays. and, and The four-error part, and, and he's probably played better than we maybe give him credit for because in moments I'm like, sure he like has. this. But errors aren't the only thing because sometimes – They'll credit as a base hit in a close play. Or, you know, you have made a bad throw to second, and they only get one part of the double play. Well, that's not an error.
1: You, may, you left an it's extra out, choice. but, you know, that's there's right. all kinds
0: of – you know, errors aren't the only thing to judge defense on.
1: I guess the way you would say it, and you've said this, is that they're giving them – they're giving them outs. They're giving them extra at-bats. They're giving them mm-hmm. extra outs, and you can't do that against good, good baseball teams. Against,
0: against the Red Sox, against the Astros, against the Yankees. You give them extra outs – they're going to make you pay. I mean, the Astros, they That's won three or four to open the season. They didn't make an error in that series. They played good defense, which is one of the reasons they won three out of four against the Astros.
1: That's right. No, you're exactly right. And it just seems, you know, because, I mean, whether you play him at first or third, I mean, Yandy, he's an adventure. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's made some good plays, but still, mm-hmm. he's not a gold glover. It's not. It's not – I mean, when the season started, everybody – had he stayed had he been healthy and when when was the last time you can say this about Matt Duffy but had he been healthy um he would have been your third baseman in all mm-hmm. probability I mean I don't I'm not saying that Diaz hasn't played well overall and given you something at the plate and well, he's know, definitely given you something at the plate but he's not a great defender and and so But that error today have, is you know the hard part is is errors are going to
0: happen but he didn't move his oh, feet sure. he didn't move his feet no. and that's when no. it's like come on I mean yeah. You know, he takes a bad hop and it, you know, bounces off you and up and you don't get the out. Okay. That's one thing, but to Olay it because you didn't move your feet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's just lazy over you know, there. No, I mean, that's bit. what you're
0: taught since you're in, you know, T-ball.
1: Sure. Sure. No, absolutely. And it's why they call it the hot corner. You, you take them off the chest and knock it down and throw them out. You know, and he did that later in the one inning when they had the lead off triple, I think it was Sanchez first triple. in I think in his career, career yeah. um, he uh, so he's on third with nobody out, and they get out of that. They bring the infield in, they you know smash one first to second, and uh, and and Lau managed to catch that in the air, uh, and then then you know Adamez makes a great play. You know he'll mm-hmm. do this occasionally. He makes a great play to his left. They had three infielders on that side of the ball or that side of the infield, and you know he uh, you know he dove and made a great play, and and then uh, and then then Yandi had one hit fairly hard to him and took a wicked hop, but he was in front of it. He mm-hmm. knocked it down with that big barrel chest, picked the ball up, threw the guy out. They got out of the inning, man on third, nobody out in a, in a tie game. So, you know, that that's sort of what you have to do. But we're, we're I guess we're maybe we're spoiled. Or, But, you know, if, you're, if your recipe is to have this kind of pitching and, you know, uh, the defense has to go with it and you're not getting the defense, this is exactly right. The, against the better teams, they will take advantage every time, and that's – Sort of what they did, and that's that's why you know you can look at this. I mean, again, the 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 you know the the view from forty thousand feet of this baseball team is wow. Look at them. We're we're halfway, more than halfway through May. This team is a game and a half out of first place in the AL East. Um, you know, they're ten games over five hundred. Everybody would sign up for that tomorrow. But if you know how they got here, it's not has been as convincing as as you may think. I mean, yes. To win in, in any any division, you have to beat up on, on the weak sisters of the poor, and then you have to at least try to break even against the Red Sox and the Yankees. And right now, you know, they lost, They got swept by the Red Sox at a time in, at the Trop that they weren't playing well, the Red Sox, I mean. And then they went up there and, and got them twice in Fenway in, in an abbreviated series because of weather. Um, so, okay, they're 2-3 they're and three against the Red Sox. But now they've lost four out of six in and back to back weekends to the Yankees, and that's just not going to cut it. I mean, you, you're going to have to start, you know, beating some of these teams, especially on the road. It just seems like, it seems like forever since they used to since they've won at Yankee Stadium, doesn't it? That seems like their the hardest place to win these It
0: days. really does. That's kind of the. I mean, their house. A couple of years ago, you would have said it was Fenway Park, but yeah, they've actually had some some recent success up there, a lot more than Yankees Stadium. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It just seems like they they've got to find a way to win up there, and it's still a young group of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Morton has has had success against the Yankees before, and he's yep. certainly played them up there quite a few times. But really, when you look at the rest of the team, I mean, Blake Snell, I think his I think his debut was against the Yankees, so he's had success. Um, but you know, it's still a young ball club for the most part, and and they, there's this thing now, um, you know, outside of Austin Meadows, who seems to play well against them wherever they are um you know and and they just the the thing about you know on on sunday was this is a team that's really been struggling to play i mean yeah all these games have been close against the yankees and that's kind of what you expect the rays to play close games and and they've been they've been really good games and they finally won their first extra inning game on uh you know on friday Mm -hmm. uh and so that was you know that was i'm sorry saturday so that was huge um, and they did it on the road, which is hard to do. But even though they've been close, the Rays really haven't hit. You know, and, and so they come out and they get three home runs early on Sunday, a, a, including two you know, by guys that aren't your big home run hitters. Uh, those are games you've got to put away. I you believe they I mean? only scored two runs.
0: runs in this series, not by home run.
1: Yeah. Two runs yeah. on
0: Friday. Saturday both were home runs, and then on uh, Sunday all five runs were by the
1: home run via three home runs. Yeah, it's just tough, man. Uh, It's a tough way to go. And you did this exercise. We were were getting ready for the podcast. And I said, well, who have they beaten? And you kind of went through it. And it's, uh, it's, you know, again, they've done a nice job against teams that aren't very good. And some of them are spectacularly bad. Mm -hmm. Um, You give them the Houston series, you know, that obviously Houston now is playing as well as anyone in the American League. Uh, I think they got a couple of 10-game winning streaks, if you can believe that. Already, and so they they won that series, and and they lost the opener to Justin Verlander and you know Blake Snell on the mound, great matchup there. But they came back, they won that series, uh, and then they you know they played what the White Sox, the Blue Jays, the Orioles twice, but they lost to the Red Sox, okay, at home when the Red Sox weren't going very well. They played the Royals, um, then they played, played the Royals they twice, played, home and away twice. The Orioles again, the Diamondbacks, which were a pretty good team. They were yep. they're they're like three above five hundred right now, and then they've lost to the Yankees, of course, and and they beat the Marlins, who have the worst team in baseball. So I mean, the, you know, credit them for having a good record against lousy teams, but a not so good record against the contending teams.
0: Well, I will say they're nine and nine right now against teams above five hundred. Which which isn't great. It's not great, except when I just went through it now. There's only five teams that have winning records against teams above 500 in baseball.
1: Okay, so, so they're one of them. Yeah, the Yankees yeah.
0: are eight and eight. They're 500 as well. Rays are nine and nine. Okay, um, if you well, look, at the American League, there's only one team with a winning record above 500. That's Houston, and they're 11 and 10. Yeah. So I mean, it, look, it's, it, it's it, important. It, it, it's hard to, to it's important to beat up on the teams, but this week is a. I mean. You've got a challenge for the the Rays this week. I mean, you've got the Dodgers do coming in. You've got Clayton mm-hmm. Kershaw and Rich Hill. Mm. You know, two le- tremendous left-handers with big sweeping curves. Yeah. Then you're at the Indians for four games. Mm. So this week, you know, you already lost two or three of the Yankees. So this is a this is a huge
1: nine-game swing here. Yeah, so we could we could potentially you know here comes doom and gloom, but we could <laughs> potentially uh, you know next Monday. Be looking at a, at a raised team that's like instead of one and a half out, that's like five and a half out. You know, I mean, it can turn that quickly, and then, then it doesn't feel as good. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden it's like, wow, yeah, it's still early, and there's still you know three quarters of the season left to play, or maybe a little less than that. But it's like now they got get, now they got ground to make up. You yep. know, and and the further you fall out, the harder it is to make up, and then, well, you know what you're. I mean, look, there's a ton of baseball to play. I still think this team is lacking something, but if they don't if they don't shore up the defense, it's going to be really hard to win. I know that. And you can talk about, you know, Alvarado and do they need a closer and, you know, can they hang on with the, uh, you know, the oh, oh, by the way, the Yankees used an opener on the anniversary of the opener. Wasn't that ironic? It was. And they might say it didn't work since
0: uh, Chad Green gave <laughs> up didn't. back-to-back home runs and then <laughs> after giving up back-to-back home runs, plunks Daniel Robertson in the head. Oh, yeah. I saw CeCe Sabathia. Oh, wait. No, I didn't.
1: <laughs> where where was CeCe yelling there? Yeah, your pitcher I mean, gives up two that. home
0: runs and hits a guy in the head. Now, granted, it was not intentional. He was not throwing no, at his head. But neither was neither Yanni was Chirinos throwing at, at the Yankee players either.
1: Right. And and when Chirinos did it, you could tell it was a like a breaking ball that just kind of came out of his hand funny. It, and it wasn't yeah. like a 90-something mile an hour fastball. At his cranium, mm-hmm. for God's sakes, after back to back home runs. Now, you know, you want to get a little suspicious here about throwing it, guys. You could say, "Wait a minute. We just, you know, they gave up back-to-back home runs and now the guys, you know, hits a hits a dude in the head." Mm-hmm. I mean, that could clear benches in many ballparks, well, don't you think?
0: I anticipate CeCe Batty will have will be talking to the press before the Yankees next game and calling oh, yeah. out uh, Chad sure Green for will. that, correct? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise sure hypocrite.
1: Yeah. Hypocrite. You know, hypocrite got as they say in Greek. You know, this, this
0: This old school baseball of I got hit, I got to hit somebody else. Uh, it's stupid. It, it, that's what gets players hurt. It I mean, does. if if you're someone's throwing at your team, I got no problem standing up, yell, scream, do whatever you got to do. Right. I have no problem with that. But Yanni Trius was not throwing at the Yankees. There was no way no. he was. And and just like Chad Green was not throwing at Daniel Robertson's head today. Right. He he right. couldn't control the pitch, and, and you know, but you can't call it the other team and then
1: not call it your own pitcher. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's uh, and and the whole first of all the whole notion of throwing at guys is stupid. Okay? Cuz like you said, you just where does it end? You're just going to get the next guy hit or the next guy hit. And it usually comes after somebody hits a bomb or they take too damn long to run around the bases. Well, you know what? Keep the ball in the yard then. You know what I mean? That's that's really your option. Um and I I just don't I don't like the notion that some dude, you know, could lose you know, six months with a broken bone or something, or, or maybe his career, um, because of what a guy ahead of him in the in the batting order actually did his job and hit the ball out of the park. You know, it, it just it's silly, and uh, you know, but yeah, CC CC needs to be shown that tape and and have a uh, a conversation with his own pitcher before he starts jumping on the Rays. Well, the Rays don't have much time to straighten this out. Of course, they're off today, and then they begin a series against the L.A. Dodgers. And if you think that's easy, you're wrong. But it's, it's uh, always good to see the Dodgers uh, in town, which is rare. And I guess uh, Andrew Friedman will be making the trip as well. So, former Rays general manager who's putting together, of course, uh, the NL champs out there west. And then, and then it's on the road. Yeah, they're to probably the side. best
0: team in baseball, the Dodgers.
1: Oh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Top to bottom for sure.
0: Yeah. Now the one thing wow. is, is they don't hit left-handers as well okay. as right-handers. So expect uh, a lot of Jalen Beeks one day behind mm-hmm. the opener, and probably Ryan Yarborough getting called up to get a bulk some ball innings. That would be my guess
1: for Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, well, it's a tough turnaround. I mean, you just you know you lose a series against the Yankees, and now you got to come play, as uh, like you said, arguably the best team in baseball. Um, so that that certainly won't be easy. We have uh, the pga championship of course uh, was kind of a coronation on sunday it wasn't really uh, much doubt and then it became some doubt brooks kapka uh, went wire to wire but he did it in a, in a way that uh you know what do you have a seven shot lead going into sunday it got whittled down to one shot at one point with dustin dustin johnson uh, charging and then dj had a couple of bogeys going in and uh kapka made some some big shots and and winds up uh, winning the thing, um, and and you know this is, as dramatic as it was, I mean you just look at what Kepka has done, um, you know he's now the first player, told back to back titles uh, in two majors at the same time, you know because he he won a second straight U.S. Open um, yep. what last summer, um, and you know not many not many uh, golfers by the way have uh, won a a major. In three straight years, and he mm-hmm. joins a group that includes Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Watson, Jack Nicklaus, and Arnold Palmer, and that's that's really saying something. And and like I said, four majors now in his past eight events, and that's not been done since what Tiger Woods won seven out of yeah. eleven. Well, three in his in last five too. Three which, in his last five. Which and which his is his only second the place. Fifth, play, he's
0: only the fifth player since uh, nineteen thirty four to do that.
1: Right, and included in that is a second place finish to Tiger in the mm-hmm. Masters where if he doesn't hit the ball in the water at 12, we're talking about a guy who could be sitting here with the first two majors of the year mm-hmm. easily. But yeah. he made it interesting. It wasn't <laughs> I mean, he is not without drama. Would you say it was like the highest uh, round of a of, yeah. of a major champion in in quite a while?
0: Yeah, the highest, uh, you know, final round for
1: a champion yeah. maybe ever. Shot 74.
0: Shot, shot 4 over.
1: Yeah, in the final round, board. in one, right for a two, and he wins by two. Like I said, if uh, you know DJ doesn't doesn't limp limp on his way home, um, Kepo was Kepka was kind of on his way to to uh, you know to to a fourth straight bogey. It seemed, and and this thing this thing would have been one of the bigger collapses, maybe as big as the lightning losing four games to nothing Ooh. in the. Fr- <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I just had to, I had to go there. Ouch! To to Columbus. Oh, by the way, Boston, are they having a, little, uh, having a little wait a little bit here to get their uh, Stanley Cup final in as they uh, – They're going to have the third straight major uh, U.S. championship? Yeah, unbelievable, man. I, I just can't believe this is going to happen to them. But the city of Boston, they certainly deserve it up there. They don't have enough with the Patriots and the Red Sox. One more Looks thing like on they're Bruce gonna, Kapka, They're going to play St. Louis, though. Yeah, St. Louis up 3-2. to two, But one more thing on Kepka. He's got yeah. four
0: major championships in his last eight majors right he's only won two other tournaments that's right well you know he's a big he's a big game yeah. hunter i mean, I mean he's <laughs> number one in the world now he just moved up to number one with this win but he's got two yeah. regular tournament
1: wins in four majors right right it's incredible it is and you know he's uh he's not without confidence let's just say and he should be he hits a ball he hits a ball mile and um, he kind of just plays his game. He he ignores all the noise out there. He's yoked up too, man. He looks like he looks like Tiger, you know, he was even bigger than he was when he was bombing it out there about 320 yards off the tee. But he's got the whole game, man. And like I said, if not for him having to experience the roars of Augusta rattling through the pines when Tiger Woods started to make his charge. And then, you know, a little bit to that, he said he heard, he heard people, you know, chanting about DJ he was keenly aware of of Dustin Johnson, you know, starting to charge up behind him too. But this time he was able to, I think, steady himself a little bit, at least in the final holes, and managed to come in and um, and, and post that uh, two-shot victory. So uh, he's got a heck of a future. You know, the guy's not even 30 years old yet, by the way. It's pretty remarkable. So that was, that was fun viewing. What else did we have over the weekend? We had uh, the Preakness. Do you catch any of that? I don't know who won. War of
0: have. Will. Well, it was a six to one favorite. Of course, Country Horse, who won the Kentucky Derby, did not race in the Preakness. I believe it's the first time in twenty three years that the Kentucky Derby winner did not run in the Preakness. So, no Triple Crown shot this year.
1: Right. Here's what I want to say, but this was the most interesting thing to me about the Preakness, and I caught this on um, on Twitter because that's where I get most of my news when I'm not watching live. Uh, did you see that the, there was a, a horse? Uh, the jockey got thrown almost out of the gate. And the really, the really interesting thing, thank God he wasn't hurt. I mean, that's the first thing, right? And, and the horse was not hurt either. The horse, of course, of course, of course, did what a horse would do in that situation, which is keep running. And So he ran the whole damn race. And here's the weird thing. He did not finish last, okay? There was, there was a horse with a rider who actually finished behind the riderless horse, to which I would say, why do any of them need jockeys then? Maybe these horses would just run on their own if you gave them half a chance. And if they do need a jockey, then the one thing I'm doing is I'm absolutely firing the jockey that was riding the horse that finished behind the riderless horse because you, my friend, are useless. Well, because see, if you can't beat a horse without a jockey, then why do I need you? Well, see, the horse was carrying a lot less weight, so
0: he was able to go faster. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. No, that's true.
0: That's, that's well, probably absolutely that's true. That's why jockeys but- are small guys and...
1: Yeah, but still, you're supposed to. I mean, if the jockey means anything, then why not just take the jockeys off all the horses and let them run? And, and they're going to judge based on the best trainer who got the horse to run the fastest. And you know, obviously, there's a need for jockeys in 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 thoroughbred horse racing. But it was just really weird to watch that happen. <laughs> and then it's like, wait a minute, this wouldn't it have been something if that horse had won the race. Wouldn't that have been something? <laughs> Like the best, so like if the best horse in the field, like the jockey falls off, and it's like this horse just knows when to come from behind and sprints to the finish. So if if that horse would have taken first place, would the jockey have gotten paid? I don't know. <laughs> would he even go in the winner's circle? I mean, is he even allowed there at that point if he's not hurt? It's just, oh, it was not a good thing. It was actually scary, but um, thankfully, no one no one was hurt um, this time. No human. No humans were hurt, although we know that horse racing, we can do a whole show on whether or not this is a very humane sport to begin with, and a lot of horses do get destroyed in it. But, uh, well, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting over the weekend as well.
0: Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Rowdies, who uh, hosted the New York Red Bull Reserves on Saturday night. It was a battle of first place in the Eastern Conference. Both teams were tied with 20 points. Rowdies uh, with a clean sheet, 2 nothing. Win So they're now 23 points, three points ahead of the Red Bull reserves and in first place in the Eastern Conference and remain the only undefeated team in the USL. They have six wins, five draws, and zero losses. So Rowdy's doing I was well. say,
1: they haven't lost, and they don't give up many goals. Four goals in 11 games have given up. Well, that's pretty incredible. That's I mean, pitching you know, and defense deep, right there. Defense, yeah, defense, and yeah, they're not throwing the ball away uh, to, to first base or whatever. But that's, that's, um, that's good. That's really good, and you know what? People have fun down there too at Al Lang. Which, by the way, we have a uh, somebody sent me. A, we have like a sports day Tampa Bay promotional. Thing I
0: spent, I Al-Lang. sent that to you.
1: So, yeah, you I, sent. that. I took right. my kids knew, to the game a couple somebody. weeks ago. That's right. They've done a nice job with that. That's mm-hmm. that's a nice that's a nice venue. Oh, it's a great venue to watch a game for sure. Um, so yeah, congratulations to them on doing that. What else do we have? Willie Taggart was in town. Yeah, the bus Forest apparently rolled coach. into town. It did, on its two flat tires or whatever. I guess it got those things bumped up again. So, Willie went 5-7 and seven last year, his first season at Florida State, and I'm betting that if he does it again, he won't have a third one. Um, but all that said, uh, Coach T said that um, he was asked sort of like, you know, how are they getting over that, how are things looking? And he said, in essence, well, we haven't lost any games yet. Yeah, we're undefeated. undefeated. So, yeah, well, that's good um that's what you want to be but he played the old you know we're not talking about last year I'm not here to talk about last year because last year has nothing to do with this year we're on I guess that's true yeah that's right they are exactly they're gonna play Boise State in Jacksonville that'll be their opener and um they've got you know I guess every reason to believe that uh that they're gonna turn this thing around but it's a it's a big year for Willie Taggart at Florida State I can tell you that
0: yeah, I think what he was in a poll of coaches rated the worst coach in the SEC in the office a couple of weeks ago that came in out the, in the SEC or the ACC. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, the ACC. Go ahead. Well, actually, I, I think it that. was a poll of ACC and SEC coaches combined, and he came out last. So
1: of <laughs> the two of them, yeah, I think it was. Boy, <laughs> well, the big they could throw the Big Ten in there. I bet he'd come last too. I mean, if you I don't know. There's some honest. bad Big Ten coaches. <laughs> oh, that's true. There probably are. I shouldn't say that about Coach. I like Willie. I mean, Willie's never done anything to me. Um, we used to have him on the show when he was at USF. Um, I, he was talking about the, their grad transfer from Wisconsin, Alex Hornibrook. I don't know what their their quarterback situation is, but I did watch a lot of Wisconsin football, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think Hornibrook is the guy that's going to take them out of the darkness. i got to be honest with you. He, he he is a streaky at best passer, and, um, and that's being complimentary because there are times when he cannot hit wide open receivers, so – It'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, he is a is a grad transfer, so he's he's played he has played a lot of football and played it in the Big Ten. So um, maybe he uh, maybe he does something for them. I'm not really sure. So that was interesting. So yeah, Willie Taggart was at Top Golf talking to uh, Florida State boosters. And let's go to football now. We've got uh, the OTAs with the Bucks coming up. We'll talk about it in just a second. But uh, did you see where Chris Long. The Philadelphia Eagles defensive lineman, the one that the Bucks didn't get from Philadelphia last year. They got Bo Allen and they got Vinnie Curry. Well, Chris Long was actually a good player, but um, he ended up uh, deciding to retire after, what did he play, 11, 12 seasons, something like that? 11
0: seasons, yep. Yeah,
1: really good guy. I mean, you know, philanthropic. Uh, as Won the Walter Payton Man
0: of the Year Award a couple of years ago.
1: Very deserving and, um, you know, did, did kind of a cool thing, I guess. I don't know if it was Instagram or Twitter. Where he just had like he raised a a, a glass at ha- at uh, sunset someplace, um, and it was it was one of those you know those red kind of party glasses that you buy, like when you're at a at a keg party, red solo party. cup. Yeah, solo cup. I didn't really get that part, but anyway, I mean Chris Long can do better than a solo cup, right? I mean, I don't know, just thinking out loud here, but yeah. So it was uh, it was kind of cool, and of course, just an outpouring of. Uh, Of well wishes and affection for him from all kinds of, of athletes and, and, uh, journalists, you know, people in my business that have dealt with Chris Long say there is not a better guy, um, really to talk to about, about anything. And he of course was very active in sort of the social injustice stuff that was going on and, um, donated, I think a whole year's salary, uh, at one point, um, to some causes. So happy trails to him. Well, meanwhile, uh, the Bucks are back at uh, OTAs tomorrow. That will be uh, available to the media. Of course, they, they're they there every week now until they get to the mini camp uh, early part of June, which will be a mandatory mini camp. But we'll have access, as we will the, the following Tuesday as well, uh, to both Coach Bruce Arians and uh, to be able to watch uh, the practice last week. It was indoors. We had a torrential downpour. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be about 109 degrees this week. Man, we got, a, we got a big heat wave coming in here that's going to make things toasty for us. But, um, you know, the interesting thing will be to see if anything changes between now and then on Tuesday with Gerald McCoy. Like, just how long is this going to go on? Um, at some point, you got to believe that both Gerald and the Bucks want to move from this, this part. And I'm also anxious to talk to Vernon Hargraves, who, as you remember, was held out of practice and then, after it was discovered, he was held out of practice, and we asked Bruce Arians about it. He said, go ask Vernon Hargraves. Well, we couldn't do that because he's already in the building. But we'll have a chance to talk to Hargraves about whether he he sort of knew why he was being held out. But, you know, this is what Arians has done and the accountability that, that he wants to have. He will call out players. Um, he will do it publicly. He'll do it in the media. He'll let them know he's going to do it, and then he does it. Uh, and then they have to respond to that. And so – you know, Hargraves is a guy he's counting on a lot of things from. He was very complimentary of him when he got the job. But there he was the first day of organized team activities, a voluntary practice, and he was standing on the sidelines. So we'll find out what that all was about other than, you know, I think just the usual sort of motivational games. And this is what he did in Arizona. He did with a lot of players uh, over there as well. And it's, it's sort of Bruce being Bruce. I saw where uh, somebody had written, and, and I, I forgive me for not remember who it was that they they question whether maybe this is what Bruce Arians is doing to Gerald McCoy, like maybe this whole thing, right from from soup to nuts, from, from the whole you know beginning to end, has just been a big, you know what I need and I need Gerald McCoy to have an edge. I've got to make this guy, you know as Gruden would say, I got to stimulate this guy, man. How do I get this guy stimulated? Well, he, you know, he said bad things about him. He's, he's questioned his enthusiasm for the game. He's questioned whether, you know, he said he's not the same uh, disruptive player he was four years ago, uh, you know, debated sort of openly whether he's worth $13 million at an age when usually the production goes down. I mean, that could go under the sort of the category of motivation, I suppose, or it could be alienation. Um, you know, you choose, you choose which one, because I, I tend to think that it's the other one right now. And, and what will be interesting is that, you know, does Gerald McCoy play this year in Tampa, and if he does, for how much money? Um, or do the Bucks just merely say, okay, uh, we're going to move on? But if you're me and you were looking at that defensive line that I saw uh, a week ago Tuesday, and, you know, I would be very nervous uh, knowing that JPP may not, you know, be back until, I don't know, what, like end of September or time in October at best. And that's if he doesn't need season-ending surgery. And then you're looking at Vitavea and Bo Allen and Shaq Barrett and Carl Nassib as your starters. And then you go from there uh, where, where it gets even, you know, more uh, challenging. And, you know, nobody goes through the season without injuries so that that would seem to be an ominous thing. So I don't know how much that will impact the Buck's stance on Gerald, but we'll get a better feel for it um, as we get out there on Tuesday. Hey, good news! Uh, we're going to have Chris Torello, one of the uh, sports anchors for Spectrum Three Sixty. You see him on Channel Nine, of course. He's going to be with us. Uh, gotten a lot of great reviews from Chris coming aboard. We'll talk everything uh, about Tampa Bay sports, so we'll have him as well. And uh, like I said. Uh, leading up into uh, Tuesday's uh, OTAs is bound to be some news coming out of the NFL. And, of course, the Rays getting ready to play their series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So for Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody.
0: Hi, I'm Kara Barry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict.